Welcome to The B Word, the podcast for women in real estate who want to unlock the clarity needed to put your big girl panties on and rock your career like the true boss you are. I'm Joanne Bolt, your host, and together we'll dive into the things your broker doesn't teach you in order to own your own path, disown the things getting in the way to finding your place, and stop apologizing for the obstacles you had to overcome along the way. If you're ready to stop playing small and take action in your professional life, this is the place for you. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The B Word with me, Joanne Bolt. And today, I I brought on one of those women in my life that, you know how sometimes you just meet people and you connect and you don't have to be in the same city all the time? Hell, you don't even have to talk all the time. But when you do... It's like you found your soul sister and you just know it's going to be an easy conversation. That is how Stacey Brown Randall is for me. For one thing, our hearts just align on the concept of referrals. She is your go-to for learning how in the heck to work them and understand them. But overall, she's just an amazing, amazing human being. And I know you guys are going to enjoy this conversation today that we're going to be going through. Let me give you a little bit of background and I'll put everything in the show notes though. Stacy is also a host of a podcast called um, Roadmap to Grow Your Business because boy, does she know how to grow your business <laughs> and author of one of my favorite books, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I have it in print, Audible, and Kindle. Yep, Which all three. All the places. So every All time the I reference something, I know I can find it, <laughs> you know. So, and I, can I, can I drop a little truth bomb that you might be writing another book? Uh, it is a I mean, truth now bomb. Now it's live and you have to. So, um, no, actually it's, I have to finish it. That's Ooh. been the running joke is that this is the book that should have been finished in 2020. And what year is it? 2022, I think. Maybe? So it's like the book that keeps on giving. It is the book that keeps on stressing. Oh, I like that. Okay. (laughs) I told somebody the other day, they're like, have you finished book number two yet? I'm like, no, I need to finish it so I can stop stressing about finishing it and publishing it. And then I can start stressing about promoting it and selling it and trying to get it to win some awards. It's like the stress. Another another friend of mine, Claire Brown, wrote um, a book, Ringer Fling, and only had it you know, in, in print. And I was driving her and on Kindle and I was driving her crazy. I'm like, girl, I listen to everything in the car. I don't listen to music. Can you please put this crap on Audible? And I drove her nuts for so long. She finally recorded it for Audible. So you know what, Stacey? Sorry, not sorry. You're about to hear from me on the regular basis. Girl, can you finish the next book? Because I need it in my life. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And let me tell you, I feel Claire's pain because recording my book, I was like, oh, it's not that long. It won't take that long to record it. Oh my gosh, that's almost as long as writing the thing. Oh, I... It's a process. It's all a process. All of its processes. Just so when you start like reading it for Audible, do you then like start adding stuff in and and going off on? That's what Claire said she did. So that's the fun part. And I did (laughs) it. To be honest, you know, I'm not a hundred percent a rule follower, but but there are times where I will follow the rules because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, And so even though my referral strategy right doesn't follow any of the rules, but which is why it's great. Which thank you. Which is when it came time to record the book, I was like can I go off script? And I heard another author's audible book and he had gone off script. And like, people were like, that's what makes the book better. I'm like, Oh, I'm still going off script because I do try to be, 
I am sarcastic. I try to be charming with my sarcasm. So, you know, it doesn't rub people completely the wrong way. And that's a lot in the book because I oh. can. So I did. Stacey, I think some of the beauty of you, and maybe I can say this because I'm the same way. We might rub people the wrong way, but snarky is acceptable in the book <laughs> because it's how you are in real life. So you might as well show up in the book how you do in real life. So true. So All very right. true. So let's, let's dive into today's episode. Um, you are coming to join us in Nashville for the Workplace Lay event. I am so stoked over this. Keynote speaker and one of the topics you're going to dive into, of course, is referrals and how to build them. And one of my favorite things that you really point out to business owners, and especially real estate agents, because I think, quite frankly, they may be the worst at this, is knowing and understanding who is actually a referral in your database versus someone that you think is a referral. So I will hand it over to you now. You know, here's the one thing I want to say for all the agents watching this and they're thinking like, yeah, that database that I have, is kind of a mess. I really always like to say, because I work with so many agents, I always say, because I've heard their stories, I'm like, it's not really your fault. <laughs> Like the truth is, that's how the industry has been teaching the database for decades. Like it's so antiquated. Decades and decades. I have an agent that's with Keller Williams um, that's out on the West Coast. And she's been an agent for 30 years. And so she has done it like the way that they've taught it for forever. Right. And she's like, the first time she heard me describe like what a referral source is and then how you put it correctly in your database, she was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's so obvious, yet I've been doing it so wrong. And I remember saying, Diane, it's not your fault. Like This is how you've been taught and you've been following the trainings that have come out from the industry for decades. And I just think the database piece is a piece that needs an overhaul when it comes to how people think about it. Well, because I mean, they start out and, and they get panicked over the word database just, just off the top. Like you right. ask most, I think if you ask most entrepreneurs, honestly, like, do you have a database? The first question I always get asked is, well, which one should I use? And okay. they hate that generic answer, the one you'll actually use. But it really is true because if you don't set it up to where it works for you, it's, it's really pointless to have. Well, and think about this. Like I think about some of the top industries that I work in. So obviously real estate agents being one of my top industries, but also financial advisors, attorneys, and interior designers. Okay. So you would think four pretty different type industries. And then I think of all the other industries I've actually that I work in as well that I have clients in. None of them talk about database the way agents in the industry talk about a database. Like I have a database, right? Like I've got thousands, thousands, and thousands of people in my database. I don't even call it a database the way that agents talk about a database. Like that database, I think the way it's talked about in real estate is like it, you like it's like your ride or die, right? Mm -hmm. Like you guys have that database, but then yet we don't always teach that functioning database. And so it's like, and then you get in the industry, right? And you're like, just put everybody, you know, in the database and then oh, tell yeah. everybody, you know, as a client. They tell you like, on day one, put a hundred people in your database. And most people turn around and go, I don't even know a hundred people, you know, or I have to think through, how do I know a hundred people? And so, or, right. And then, so like, I figured out which database I'm going to put these hundred people into. And then it's the question of, well, what do I do with them? Yeah. And then they don't have a good relationship with it at all. They don't. And then everything's so generic after that. We'll just, you know, stay in touch with them, send them a newsletter, you know, do some pop buys, do some drive buys, you know, or run a contest and have them all. It's like, oh, that's uh, not what your people want from you. No. Would you if want you, it from someone? Don't do it to them. Right. Oh, so true. And then that golden rule, right? Golden rule. 
Treat others. others as you would have them do unto you. My mama taught me that when I was four years old, yes. if not younger, but that's the first time I can remember it. It has served me well in personal and business life. And I don't know why it gets so messed up in the real estate world. Like, I don't know why it goes out the window. But the truth <laughs> is, it's because it's an industry you go into where it's all commission. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's what drives a lot of the anxiety, of course, but also that anticipation to get it started, to get it going, because I'm not going to make any money usually, right? Unless I get it going. And so the strategies and tactics that have been like that forever, they're just, but they don't actually work the way people want them to. And then they have to figure it out. Right? right. Or they find someone like you and they're like, okay, let me figure this out and work this smartly, not just work it for the sake of working it. So I can't tell you how many times I rebuilt my database because <laughs> I love my database. I call it my email list. I try not to just call it database, but it is my communication with the outside world. And for every season of my career, I have really sat down and reworked it because what the way I utilized it as a new agent and the way I utilized it once I was about three years in and the way I utilize it today are completely different. And so I would be that agent who, you know, come January, I'd be heads down in the database going, nope, we're going to ditch all these tags, redo this. This is how we're going to look at these referrals. This is, you know, I mean, yeah, I was that, I'm a geek. Well, you're the person who will actually do it, right? I mean, think (laughs) about how many agents that are like, I should do it. One day I'm going to get around to doing it. And then the database grows and grows and grows. And then all of a sudden they've got hundreds, if not thousands of people in their database. And they're like, oh, yeah. now it feels like this hill to climb. But, you know, the reality of it is there's some simple things that people should be paying attention to doing when it comes to the referral part of their database, right? So that's what I'll speak to. I know there are, you have all the other brilliance when it comes to how people should be using that database no. for all the other things. No, I don't. But for my, <laughs> yeah, but from my perspective, what I always teach is, is like, you got to be locked and loaded with the referral side of your business. And here's the two key things everybody should be able to tell me within their database, maybe three. But the two main key things are how many referral sources do I have, which means they have to be tagged correctly and to be defined as a referral source, or maybe you call them a referral partner, or and, and this is not an SOI, right? This is not a COI center of influence or an SOI sphere of influence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about one layer more defined to be defined as a referral source. They have to have referred you a potential client, not somebody who necessarily had to turn into a client, but they had to refer you a potential client. Hopefully they did turn into a client. And that's not the one who told you they would refer you, but never did. Right. No, no. Yeah. No, they have to actually refer you. Like that is the the firm definition. There is no change in it. There is no, but, but what ifs. But they said, but they're going to, yeah. You know, every agent listening to this just kind of went, like that, like (laughs) guilty, guilty. You're all guilty. Well, they're going to get a little bit more of that then when we're together in Nashville. They're a little bit more of like, I'm going to feel icky through most of Stacey's presentation. You won't. I promise you'll feel real good. But I think the thing to consider is that number one thing is, is how many people are in your database are tagged as a referral source, meaning how many people do you have that are actually referring you? Now, I teach my folks to go a little deeper in terms of in who's active and who's inactive. Mm -hmm. And active, we define active as they've referred you in the past two years and inactive as they've referred you. And it's been more than two years, right, since they've referred you. Because the truth is how you take care of an inactive referral source and try to re-engage with them 
will look different than what you're going to do with an active referral source. Yeah. And so that's the first key thing. I want people to be able to look in your database and I want you to be able to tell me, this is how many referral sources I have because I have them tagged. The second thing is something people don't usually think about. The second thing I want your database to be able to tell me is I want your database to tell me how many clients you have that actually came by referral. Ooh. So how many clients do you actually have in your database that were referred to you? Because not only because it makes you feel good to know, wow, look at all these clients that were referred to me. I feel so special because that's what referrals do. But more importantly than making you feel good is the idea that referred clients are typically easier to turn into and cultivate into referral sources. Mm-hmm. Like the strategies that I teach to my clients in some of my programs, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so much easier when it's somebody who's been referred versus somebody who like found you through you know social media or Facebook ad or walked into an open house or you know happened to respond to you farming the neighborhood, right? It's just so much easier to get a person who's been referred to you to consider referring well before somebody who didn't come through a referral and they found you in a different methodology or a different method. And so those are the two things that people should be like, yes, I have, I'm going to use some round numbers. You know me, I don't like to do public math. So I'm going <laughs> to use some very generic, simple numbers. I'm sure everybody has like, this is really low, Stacy. I got way more business than this. But let's just say for sake of argument, you have 50 clients in your database. You've been in business, I don't know, three years and you've done 50 deals. Would that be considered? pretty good three years if you did 50 deals or is that? Oh, I would sure 90% of the real estate agents in the world. That is incredible. Honestly, our statistics say most agents do between six and eight a year. So let's make it even easier. You got 50 clients. You've been in business five years. You've done 10 deals a year, right? Okay. If you're thinking about it in that way, right? I want you to be able to tell me of those 50 clients, 32 of them were referred to me and here's who referred them to me. Mm -hmm. Like that is important data you need to have. Now, if you want the gold star though, you got to go back one more layer and you got to say of those 50 clients that I've brought in over the last five years that I've helped them buy or sell a home, right? I also have these other 50 people that I talked to, but the timing wasn't right or they decided not to move or the job fell through. So they didn't need to relocate or whatever. They went with another agent, shame on them, right? Whatever it is, right? I've got these other 50 people that I talked to that didn't become clients. And I know that 25 of those were referred to me and mm-hmm. I know who referred them to me. It's mm-hmm. it's easy in your data. If your database, if you do this in your database, if you actually input the data, remember garbage in, garbage out, right? So if you want good stuff coming out of your database, you can put good stuff in. If you're tagging people as, yes, this is a prospect and they referred to me, by this person. And then that just tracks along. You should be able to extract that information pretty easily. You should be able to look at it and be like, hey, here's everybody who's referred me over the last two years. And here's whether or not that person became a client or not. Because here's another thing people miss. Referring you somebody is about the action of putting their reputation on the line and deciding to refer you not because that person ultimately became a client. We reward the behavior, right? We want to be tagging and tracking the behavior of referring you, right? Not the fact of the outcome that they close into a client. So where you start tagging, it starts at the prospect level. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt you really fast because that that is so key to understanding. And I want to just take a second and make sure everyone hones in on one of the things Stacy just said was we 
we reward the action of the person referring us, not whether we actually land the referral or not. And here's for so many reasons why that's important. But (laughs) because of RESPA, RESPA says you can't pay clients to be your client, right? And so if in part of your strategy is to reward someone, maybe you hand them a $5 Starbucks gift card, maybe you just take them out for a happy hour cocktail, that can be considered paying for clients. And so you have to be very careful. And I'm not an attorney. So, you know, seek seek advice out before you really develop your referral strategy if you're going to give stuff out. But the basics of it that I've always understood is you have to, if you're going to choose to reward an action, you have to be consistent to do it every single time and not just when that client become or that referral becomes a client but you have to do it when they give the name out as a thank you. Yeah. And so, and let me um, redefine, <laughs> let me redefine reward, right? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't necessarily. I just know where a lot of agents went to and they thought, Ooh, <laughs> right. Okay. So I always say it's about, yeah. And we do use that language some, it's about rewarding the behavior, the action of referring and not the outcome of what happens, but reward, like put some big fat air quotes around the word reward. Because I have a lot of people, I think about the financial advisors that I work with, like they can't spend so much money, right? There's like a limit that they can spend per person. Same thing with agents, right? With what you guys have as your qualifications of what you guys can do. Like you got to take money off the table. Thank you. What people don't, when I say reward, I really mean like how you think and show gratitude and appreciate somebody for the act of referring you. And that comes in a lot of different forms and it doesn't have to come in a monetary form. I'm not saying you can't, right? But actually one of two things that drive me crazy when agents are saying, thank you for referring me to whoever this prospect is, right? When they're saying, this is the two questions I get all the time from agents. Can I include a business card? And how much should my gift card be? And I'm like, no to both. No, do not include a business card when you're sending a thank you note to somebody who just referred you because you just took that thank you and made it salesy. Don't do that. And and if if you're really worried that they won't know who the thank you card is from, like put your information on the back of the card. Like just don't put the business card in there. And number two is don't include a gift card. Because the reality of it is you're basically saying it's like people construe it as, oh, I got a $5 gift card because I referred someone to them. But in reality, that's not what you're trying to construe. It's not $5. You're trying, like, that's not what you want them to think. What you want them to think is, I really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to trust me, right? And send, and send this person to me. You want them to feel the gratitude of it. And you don't want them to automatically in their mind equate that to $5 of something. Thank you for pointing that difference out because I think that's one that we need to preach from the high heavens is stopping the concept that a a reward needs to be, you know, a monetary gift. Yeah. We teach in our programs, variety is the spice of life, right? Like there's this idea. So the way that our referral strategy works, and this is one thing we are going to dig into a lot in Nashville. So everybody watching should definitely come, but one of the things that I teach about that makes my referral strategy different and probably different than any of the other agent trainers that are out there talking about referrals is that mine's all based on the science behind why referrals happen and then how you can actually have them happen for you in your business naturally, which means you're not manipulating, you're not compensating, and you're not even asking. And so what that means is we got to really understand the science. And there's a brain piece to it 
right, of what's triggered when we are actually giving referrals. And there is this whole concept of the psychology piece, and that comes with trust and your social networks. And then there's this other whole component of behavioral economics that comes into play as well. One piece of behavioral economics is the surprise and delight factor. And so when we talk about variety as the spice of life and you want that surprise and delight factor, it's the idea of this is, is how I'm going to take care of my referral sources is not going to look the same way every single time. Well, what that means is if you're doing where you send someone a, a card that you don't even sign every single month and you think that's how you're keeping in touch and keeping those referrals coming in or your newsletter that you send out that sometimes gets opened and lots of times doesn't get open, even if they do adore you, right? Those things are the things that people think are what oh, I'm staying in front of them. I'm keeping in touch. You've got to do more than that, but you actually have to do less of it you just got to make it better when you do do it. And if I just said, you don't have to be spending a bunch of money on it, right? Then really, when we think about what this looks like, it is honing into who our referral sources are and then figuring out what would connect best with them while always sticking to the fact that this is about us showing our gratitude and our thankfulness, which allows us to impact how they feel about us. Like, oh, mm -hmm. right, I love Joanne. She's so good to me. That's so sweet that she's at X, Y, Z, right? And then once you've got me thinking and I'm impacted, right, in terms of how I feel about you, then you get to direct how I think about you. Mm -hmm. And that's where we take the what we do and the what we say as we're taking care of our referral sources and make it to where there is that variety of like what we're doing. We're not doing it that many times a year, like five, six, maybe seven touch points in a year. And then you're coming from a place of gratitude and thankfulness, but using the right language. So We'll unpack all of this more when we get to Nashville in September. But I, I don't just, even know how we're going to do all this in like an hour. I know. Why didn't you give me a four-hour keynote? You know, maybe we should. We, <laughs> maybe we, should, we should just put you on stage for half the morning and Let's everybody go. else gets like 30 minutes because really <laughs> everybody else is just like, I got annoyed with me. They're like, uh, I don't want to, I want four hours too. All the other speakers are going to want four hours I too. Mean, but you the truth it to it is without yeah, solid referral strategy nailed down. I mean, half of the rest of the stuff we do in our business is useless. It, gosh, it's so true. I've got um, an agent that I work with that's out in Kansas and her name's Melissa and she is, she's incredible. And she does a lot of different things to grow her business. But the one thing she always comes back to is the closing ratio of the mm -hmm. clients that are referred to her versus some of the other stuff that she does. And I remember it was first quarter and she sent me an email and she was like, okay, I closed, um, she got 17 referrals in one quarter. She closed 11 of them. And I just like to say this, a quarter is three months. So let's not mm -hmm. forget that. Yep. So she got like 17 referrals in one quarter. She closed 11 of them. And it was, I don't even remember the amount now that it was worth in commission, but it was like $75,000 or maybe my numbers are off and maybe it's higher than that. It was definitely not less than that. But I was like, that's crazy, right? When you think about one quarter, she didn't work very hard for those 17 referrals to show up. Of the 17, 11 were the right fits that she would move forward with. And she did because they were referred to her. And then she, like, I believe she got pretty close to making like $100,000 on it in a quarter. Easy. So one year, I think it was 2018, my team and I started very, very specifically tracking not only all the referrals and where they came from. But when we went on the listing appointment, very specifically, we tracked 
listing appointments that came from anything other than a referral source or listing appointments that came from a referral source, one that we had defined as a team. Yes, these people routinely give us referrals. This is a source. 100% of the appointments we went on that came from a solid referral source, we took the listing. Now, we had a really good number on the rest of them, but it was not 100%. And so that that was when some of my team members started shifting their mindset. Because, you know, they all came into the team. They were like, oh, can you buy us leads? Can you do this? Can you right. do that? You know, we want we want that what they perceive as the easy button. And I'm like, okay, but you can get an op city lead. And you might have to return that phone call 15 times before they actually stop treating you as a, a you know, a spammer calling them back. <laughs> or you might have to drive them crazy before they become a client. Or... You can make 15 phone calls to your sources and they will give you, you know, something will come out of that 15 phone calls. They're a lot easier to make because you like talking to your referral sources and you'll go on an appointment that you're almost guaranteed to land. You do the math. You know, it's so crazy. There's not one single person that is listening to this that doesn't nod their head and say, yeah, totally. Like I do the math. It's totally easier. And then yet we get stuck with taking that action. And I think that's part of the part of how referrals and the old school or the traditional approach of referrals has kind of been like beating real estate agents over the head Yeah, with this like traditional old school approach, because, you know, you make the, you make the point like, oh, I'm going to have to do some outreach to my referral sources. And then it kind of brings up all these anxiety moments of all the things that could happen and, you know, it just allows us to question ourselves. And in reality, if you have the right understanding of what that outreach to your referral sources is ultimately supposed to look like, then you'll be like, I can make, I can do this all day long. And yeah. one of the strategies we teach is like, when you have people who've never referred you, you can't treat them like they're referral sources, but you can treat them like soon to be referral sources or potential referral sources. And we teach a specific strategy that shows you how to cultivate those folks and do the follow-up with those folks where they'll actually start referring you. And you know what the heart of that entire strategy is, right? Without going into too much detail because we don't have time, but like the heart of that strategy is you taking care of them. Ooh. Imagine that. Imagine oh. showing up to a coffee meeting and not talking about the market and oh my not God. talking about the fact that you could really use some deals because you've got three closings this month and a big fat goose egg for next month, right? Like imagine showing up to those meetings and knowing that it's going to be all about them because what actually endears me to you, right, is how I feel about you, which means what are you doing and I don't mean the fact that you sent me, you know, like a bag of goldfish with a little tag on it that says I'm fishing for your referrals. Don't do my that. God. Can don't we all that. agree that that crap needs to go away? Oh my gosh. It is all over some Pinterest. I tell you what, like, I mean, is, I get it, but I know it's just gimmicky. Here's the thing. I know people that actually are okay with doing those gimmicky, very promotional things. And I'm always like, you do you, if it's working, I am not going to stand in the way of you making money. But I bet it's not working. And I bet that a lot of people who are receiving it are actually turned off by it. And yeah. that actually short, it's like asking people for referrals that if they're turned off by it, right, that actually like shortcut or short changes, like what they'll ultimately give you in terms of referrals in the future, like it like cuts it off at the knees. And so that's why your strategy has to be really, really respectful of the people on the other side, which are your referral sources, which are humans. And so a lot of what I teach is like just flipping. It's like common sense when you see it flipped in terms of what we do for our referral sources. But most folks are like, I never would have thought about that. I'm like, no, because everybody else teaches you that referrals are about you 
and you need to go out there and just get them. Referrals aren't about you. They're about a referral source helping somebody who needs an agent and they trust you to be that agent they're going to refer them to. What you can work through in that process is towards your referral sources, that relationship. It's not about anything else. Yeah. So I kind of touched on this in episode 49, which is where we started this entire referral series on the podcast. But the concept that you're, you know, you are being referred, not because someone wants to help you as an agent, honestly, you're being referred because there's a pain point of one of their friends. One of their friends, colleagues, associates said, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell my home you know, being the good friend, someone went, well, I know the perfect agent to help you with that pain point. Now they may not acknowledge in their brain, it's a pain point, but that is actually what they're doing. They're helping their friend. They're not helping you as the agent. Yep. Nine times out of 10, or maybe 99% out of a hundred, you're not getting a referral because I looked around and went, oh my God, I should help Stacy out. <laughs> I'm going to send Stacy some business. No, I love you girl, but when I'm working with a, you know, another agent or someone in the industry and I'm coaching them and I'm like, really, you need to nail down this referral process because they can't figure it out. I send them to someone like you. It's the same right. concept in any business. You're getting it because of the person's pain. And here's the hard thing, I think, for people to wrap their mind around, because we've been taught for so long, if we want referrals, just go ask, right? So we're taught that referrals happen on a trigger. I mean, to be honest, everything in life happens on a trigger. You get out of bed because either your internal clock triggers you awake or the alarm clock triggers you awake, right? Like everything, even in sales, even in referrals happens on a trigger. The problem is, is that what has been taught in the industry for generations, not even decades, but generations is that referrals are triggered by an action you take consistently, like asking or reminding people that you pay or, you know, making sure you're being promotion and gimmicky and doing like the bag of goldfish, right? Kind of gimmicky stuff. But the truth is that's actually not where the trigger starts, with a referral. The trigger starts exactly as you said, right? It's that I know somebody has a problem. Now, who am I going to connect them with to solve the problem? The person's pain, who hopefully will soon be your new client, their pain is the ultimate trigger. So what you influence in that process is your relationship with the referral source so that when the pain is triggered and their friend, you're the only person they think of. And that is what you can control in referrals too, is that relationship you have with your referral sources. And yes, there's a whole language piece to this that helps you like what to say when you're meeting with that referred prospect. And what do you say to your referral sources when you're not getting the right quality type clients that you want that allows you to kind of massage, I guess, that relationship you have with your referral source and to make sure you're closing more of your referred prospects. But all of that is secondary to the understanding and the underlying heart of referrals is it's about your relationship with your referral source because they know who the client, your next client potentially is. And that's what you have to always remember, which means referral strategies where they can be successful really fast. Most of them take a little bit of time to build. In Nashville at Workplace Lay, you're going to actually have a interactive keynote, which I love this because it's not just being preached to from the stage. What are you asking ahead of time for our agents or our women in the business that are coming to this? Because we've got people coming that aren't just real estate agents, you know, professional women entrepreneurs that understand this concept. So, you know, I know we got some homework ahead of 
ahead of time for them and we'll be sending it out email, but just to let the audience know kind of what to expect from this keynote, what are we looking at? Yeah. So here's the thing, because you didn't give me unlimited time to hang with your people. All I right, have to I be- will fix this mistake <laughs> at a future time. I promise. I'm already I have to- our chick click mastermind, which is for our, like the next level of, of professionals in, in our world. It's not that newbie entry. It's like that super right. big mastermind growth moment. Like I'm thinking we may have to bring you in for one of those. Uh, like, let's talk. I love talking this stuff. You know it. So, but for Nashville to maximize our time together, there is one exercise I would love everyone to complete. And so you'll be able to send out to all the attendees. It's a worksheet that they need to complete and a video that tells them and me walking them through how to complete it. So there's no excuses. Show up in Nashville with your work done, people. And it's really important that you're going to be identifying actually who your referral sources are, because when we dig into building out referral plans and understanding the different referral strategies and which one do you need to start with and what do they look like, you have to know who your referral sources are. So it's best if you just come to Nashville with that information already locked and loaded so that we can really dig in to who those people are and ultimately what that looks like to take care of them. And that will allow us to maximize our time together. And it is, it, you know, for those of you who have the crazy, messy database, <laughs> this may take you a little bit of time. So you may need some extra time to do it, which is why we're sending it out in advance. Um, and that's not to say you can't enjoy the keynote and get all the stuff out of it that you need if you don't have the pre-work done. I mean, I know life happens. I got three kids. Every or day you is a don't really have crashing. a database yet because you're new in the right. business. It's we're okay. We're going to handle that too. We're, we're going to if you don't have a database, we're going to talk about that as well. Oh, and good um, but, news. You'll get to start yours right from the get-go instead of having to redo so, it. So much better. We'll talk <laughs> about how we le- what the labeling piece for my world, from a referral world, should ultimately look like. But here's the thing. If you don't get it done or you don't, right, you do it and you're like, oh, there's not a lot there. Don't worry. We've got all that covered you know, in the conversation that we're going to have. But knowing who these people are, when I start talking about things to do, you're going to be able to be like, oh. I get it Mm. because I can see these names in black and white. They're in writing. They're right in front of me. I get it. That makes so much sense. I love it. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be just one of the most amazing mornings ever. So for everyone listening in, how do they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? I know we're going to put a bunch of stuff in the show links, but a lot of times people watch it on YouTube or they watch it live in the Real Boss Women's private Facebook community. They're not on Apple clicking the links. So tell everyone how to get a hold of you if they just want to know more ahead of time or after about your programs. Yeah. So we put everything like out there. We're like, here's how you work with us. Here's what our philosophy is. Everything is there for you to like full transparency for you to go through it and check it out. And it's all on our homepage. That's our home base, our website. It's stacybrownrandall.com. If you don't go to that page, when you type in my name, you've probably spelled Stacy wrong because Stacy has an E, but just go to stacybrownrandall.com. We have a link in that page. You'll see it in the header or just go to like straight to the stacybrownrandall.com forward slash freebies. It is our freebie page. And we break that page down. If, as a newbie, you've been in business less than two years or advanced you've been in business more than two years. And the resources on that page are specifically designed for how long you've been in business, because that typically correlates to how many referral sources you have and what strategies you need to start with. So there's a lot of great um, resources on that freebies page, but everything can be found from stacybrownrandall.com on the website. And even information about our programs are right there on the homepage for you to check out to decide if you want to take the next step. 
Awesome. And we will have this up on the Robots Women's podcast page as well with all of her links in case you don't know how to spell Stacy. It <laughs> happens. I, although I will admit what I often spell wrong on your name is Randall. I don't know why I can't right. get it. It's, it's a, a double whammy. I'm like, this has got to be wrong. And I double check myself every time. And you know, it's funny. The double whammy of the misspellings happen on two parts of my name that I don't get to control. That's right. Because I didn't name <laughs> myself and that's my husband's last name. So. <laughs> Just is what I, it is. <laughs> it is what it is. If you are as energized by this conversation as I was, and I know that you are, but you haven't grabbed your seat yet to workplace slay, um, hello, what in the holy fork and shirt balls are you waiting for? Because we are limiting this event to 100 women. So we're not talking about you know, a conference with thousands of people where you're sitting in the very back and you can't read the screen and you can barely hear what in the heck Stacey's talking about. We're talking up close, personal, raise your hand during the keynotes. There's going to be question and answer time on all of our speakers. So this is your chance to really pour into your business. We're kind of wrapping up 2022, folks. I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. If you haven't figured that out, everything is done in quarters and you should be working a full quarter in advance. What you're doing right now in your business affects January, February, and March of 2023. And if you want to start off strong, you need to end with a bang. We will see you guys in Nashville. And Stacey, I'll be taking you out for a cocktail the night before. I can't wait. I'll be there working on my book in advance. And then I'll show up for my keynote. All right. Thanks, guys.